You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. You know I had to do something different, Joe. I had to. I know last week we came in quiet, but this yeah. week I had to come in live. Take it back to the original. I, I like had it. To. I mean, that's that's what we do. I mean, <laughs> so I had to do what I do. So yep. anyway, yep. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, thank you. This is Black Guy Therapy. Uh, we want to welcome you. Uh, we are a podcast dedicated to two black men. We're four black men. We are black men. And we're here for you to just, you know, vent about things that you probably wouldn't talk about in your general normal life. Maybe some people call it barbershop talk. We just call it a real conversation. That's what we're here for. What's up, Joe? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm, I'm man, it has been a heck of a week. But uh, everybody's happy, healthy, safe, secure, sane. So we good over here. How about you? That's all we can ask for. It is the same on my end. Um, You know, everybody's good. Family's good. Um, I'm good. I'm extra excited today. Again, you know, it's 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 Black History Month, and you know how it is. So especially when we when we have these conversations in this month, I am, uh, you know, I am ecstatic. Uh, We also have a guest here. We have Rico with us, um, who is another black man that we love because we love black men. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to give us a different perspective. He's a little bit older. So, hey, it works out perfectly, right? Yes. It's, yes. <clears throat> and that's and that's what we are. This is our show. Our show is for growth. And when we have many different perspectives, what do we have? We have growth. Evolution. Somebody, exactly. Because somebody's going to get something from Absolutely. This, right? Including so, us. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Rico, Welcome. Hey, thank you, gentlemen, man. Thank y'all for having me, man. I appreciate it. I, I also appreciate the shot that I'm a little older. I'm not that <laughs> much older, but, <laughs> but but you are older, so I am, yes, sir. I <laughs> even though I don't act like it, but I am, yes, sir. But thank y'all for having me on, man. I, I appreciate it. And like I said, man, I just want to, you know, I'm, I'm so appreciative for y'all allowing me to be on. And then too, man, I'm I'm gonna sit back. Shut up, listen, and just marvel, man, because, you know, you guys are doing something great, man. So I appreciate y'all for that. Oh, wow. Well, we appreciate it. Much you appreciate listening. it. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. And, uh, Joe, this is for you. Yes, we have the sound pads back. It is Black History Month. Sue us, we room for everybody black. That's, that, and that's Suing. what it is. <laughs> so. In the in the immortal words of Mr. Wale. Exactly. So we are here. And yeah. uh, I figured you'd enjoy that. So I would. Thank you for that. No it's been a minute. Problem. So it's been it's been another wild week in, in, in the news. Um, yes. But sorry, it is what it is. Had a had a hiccup there. Um is there anything in the news that you'd like to talk about or? Unfortunately, two things. And okay. and I don't know how much time we'll spend on them, but I'm going to throw these two things out there and then I'll let you gentlemen go ahead and jump on them. Uh, two interesting things that have happened. Uh, one, I cannot, I don't know the, the woman's name, but she was arrested during the Capitol riots. Um, she told the judge during the hearing that she, her preference was to get out of the country, go to Mexico. Somehow or another, she was granted bail. Yes. Now where is she? That's number one. Number two, Kyle Rittenhouse, charged with murder. I don't know where he's at. 
no idea where he is. So I just wanted to throw those two things. It, it, it again, it, it every episode, every time we talk, it goes directly to this conversation. Where are these folks at? Yeah. And and how did this happen? And well, we know exactly how it happened. We know that this system is not <laughs> built for us, right? Um, yes. It was, it was built to to enclose us, um, and it's it's crazy because that situation, both of those situations that you described. Um, definitely show you the divide here in in the states, right? How yeah. when we say that there are two justice systems, you literally saw the two justice systems working right there, right? Yeah. Um, I know yeah. people who have who wouldn't who weren't granted bail for for petty things, right? Right. Um, or you know who have been um, you know given crazy sentence or not sentences, but like stipulations for missing court. Right. Mm -hmm. Yet you have these people who the one lady who stormed the Capitol and like, and, and also what you failed to say is that she said, I would do it again. Right. And Oh, yeah. Wow. She, she said that she said, I would do it again. And <sighs> that to me shows that, that they know it, this, this is for us. We don't care. I'll say whatever yeah. I want because there, there are no rep repercussions. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. And Kyle Rittenhouse, oh, I mean, that's man. a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. I mean, yes, I get it. You, you know, you are supposed to have bail, but if you're going to make bail and then where in the hell do you go and, mm -hmm. and nobody knows, you know what yeah. that's about. Well, and see, I was always under the impression as a person who is not a student of law, so I could be I could be wrong here, but I was always under the impression that if you are a flight risk, then bail would not be granted. But that was to the judge's discretion. Yes. So so again, we're looking at the discretion of a person who potentially is protecting somebody who looks like them. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Which is crazy, right? Like, well, I say it's crazy. I guess it's not crazy if you if you think about it, because if if. And, and again, this is why we always talk about having equity, right? Like if the yeah. judges and your and your uh, people who are in this law system don't look like you, then they're not going to relate to you, which means they're going to do whatever they want to do to you. Right. Yeah. Versus yep. if I see if I'm a if I'm a black judge and I see a uh, black kid, I'm going to be a little bit more lenient because I was a black kid at one time. Right. You know what? And I'm going to challenge that, Todd. I'm going to challenge the word choice. Instead of lenient, I would say understanding okay. of I'll, the I'll circumstance. Take I'll take yeah, because I agree. I don't think there's a leniency that we're granted on either side. I think that if somebody grew up in a similar situation that they can relate to, they're willing to at least hear you out. I believe that now what happens is a young black man makes a dumb choice. His first dumb choice, he's hit with the whole entire book. Matter of fact, the whole entire library of books, as opposed to someone who's like, I've seen this. I grew up with it. That was my brother. That was my cousin. That was me, whatever the case may be. So I'm not immediately going to shut him out. Now I'm actually going to listen to the facts of the case. I'm going to give him an opportunity to present that argument, whether it's him, public defender, a higher lawyer, whatever it is. I want to hear both sides as opposed to, oh, you're a black dude. They said you did this. All right. I'm putting you up under the jail. Yeah, that's what we see. So, yeah, just just not necessarily the leniency, because I, I don't want people to even pretend like there's the authority from a black judge to give leniency to a black man. 
as much as it is a, a white judge to give that leniency to a white, another white man. Instead, it's let me hear the case. And then at the end, when I make my ruling, I can present the evidence back because that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to state all the facts back before you say, all right, here's the ruling. Here's the judgment because of A through Z. I'm going to have to give A through Z. You know, I got to give every detail. Once I give that, now it's all right. We got this. This is why I'm making this decision. It can never be. Um, this is this. He's a kid. He he made a bad choice. And I don't know if you guys remember um, during the the last Olympics, uh, the the swimmer. I cannot think oh, of not, his Mike, name. Ryan Lochte. Ryan Lochte. Yes, sir. Thank you. Do you know that they were saying he was a kid? Yes, I do remember making that. childish dish. He's like 26 years old. Trayvon Martin. I'm sorry. Uh, oh my goodness, forgive me. Um, the young boy uh, that got killed within like four seconds of the interaction with the police out Tamir. in Ohio. It's about Tamir. Tamir. Tamir Thank you, yeah, sir. Yeah, Tamir, Tamir, Tamir was a child. Tamir Ryan Lochte was not a child. But that is the boat that we're put in. And let's mm -hmm. not forget, Trayvon Martin was a child too. He was too. He was too. He just happened to be four years older. So I guess that made him a senior citizen yeah, by exactly. the letter of the law. Right, which he just said, well, would would have been his 26th birthday two days wow. ago. So, wow. Um, you know, shout out to his family. I know it's tough not having a child, but, hey, he is still remembered in our hearts. And, and I mean, you hate to say it, but he is a martyr. I mean, he is a he martyr is. for black people. Um, yes. And, and that's why he will never leave the hearts of us. So Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. You know, man, I, I just think that, you know, it, it's – I'm when I'm gonna use my words here, but I'm probably gonna use the wrong word. It's funny, but it's not funny, right? Because this young lady, y'all talking about Jenny. I want to say her last name is either Cood or Cud. It's one of the two. I know how it's spelled. I, I may be mispronouncing it. She asked the judge if she could go take a vacation to go mm. to Mexico, right? Mm. And the judge is like, "Sure, go ahead," right? Because as you said, interpretation. Yeah. That judge feels that this that this woman, right, white woman, this woman, right, it poses no threat that right. she's gonna be a flight risk. She ain't gonna be any of that. Yeah. Right. And but yet she says, We did it one time, you know what I mean? Like we we were storming again. That's that's all you need to hear right there. That that's yeah. that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? So like now there's no guarantee that she's going to come back. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, Very true. and then you go back, you know, you know, Todd, you, I believe Todd, you said before, right at the beginning, it we have to pay attention on who's sitting in what seat. Got to have everybody right? always. Yes. sir. Right. And so the thing about it, though, when it comes back to our community and, you know, a lot of not really just like our community, but for the sake of this for this episode and for your show, our community, a lot of people in our community, when you talk about voting. We always focus on one election. That's the presidential election, right? We can't tell you who's the local sheriff, who's the local judge, who's the DA. We can't tell you none of that. But we're so worried about what's happening, you know, for the entire country. But you got to understand there's levels to it. It's steps to it. We got to get to the top first, right? Yeah. We're worried about who's at the top. So we're going in reverse order. And it shouldn't be that way. Right. It, it, def it definitely shouldn't be that. Yeah. And, and Brother Rico, I'll say this in title definitely vouch. I've not I'm not the biggest uh, 
proponent of voting. Yes, sir. I'm heavier on the let's pretend for a moment that this system didn't exist. Okay. Let's just pretend no votes, no presidents, no judges, no Senate councilmen. None of that stuff existed. How do we treat each other? Because my thought is, if we treat each other a certain way, it doesn't even get there. If we police our own communities, it doesn't even get there. I'm looking at certain neighborhoods. I moved over into a neighborhood with Todd. The neighborhood I was in before, right behind me, there was a whole community of Nepali people. Mm-hmm. A whole community. They would have their parties, and I'm, I'm sure it had something ceremonial to it because it was consistent around the same time. Anything that happened over there, I never heard police cars go over there. Never heard anything. They handled all their business on their own, which means they also looked out for each other. That's right. My suggestion is if we get to that point, then we don't have to depend on the system working for us. Now we can actually leverage it as an as a as a uh, additional component. It doesn't make us, but it can be in addition to us. You know what I mean? And that's the way I look at it all the time. Like, I've never told anybody not to vote. And I'm with you. Your local is way more important than the national election. I agree with that a million percent. But even before we can vote in any election, number one, we have to be responsible, equipped voters. And I don't feel like I'm an equipped voter because I said this on another episode. Every time I voted, I voted Democrat from the top to the bottom. I didn't know anybody's platform. Only thing I knew is what I grew up under, which is Democrats are for black folks, Republicans are for white folks. So I was an uninformed voter. I was not leveraging the, the, the right that I had the proper way. But I also said, ask me a question about the top 50 NBA players. I guarantee you, I can give you all type of facts and history about them educated there, but not in the voting system. So we have to get educated first. Mm -hmm. No, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right on that, 100% everything you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, yes, and I, I agree with you too. Like we, we have to get educated on the process, mm-hmm. who these people are, what they stand for, and not just in the moment. Todd, you, you said this to me once, and I loved it. You said we are a nation of, I, I can't remember exactly how you said it, so correct me here, but a one-issue voting population. Single, yeah, I, I said we're a nation of single issue voters. That's, yes, yeah. yes, and and to me that is exactly the case. And until we can acknowledge that across the board, it doesn't matter who we vote for, because we're only basing it on this one thing. And and my hope is before we even put all that emphasis into the election, we put that emphasis into the relationship we have with our next door neighbor, because yeah. that has to mean more. Yeah. The, you know. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Joe. No, you're now, good, sir. It goes back to y'all. Y'all was teasing me earlier, so now I'm really gonna probably show somewhat of my age. But <laughs> <laughs> it go. It goes back to something, man, that we was brought up on, right? You know, you heard. I'm pretty sure y'all have heard this. This saying, it takes a community to raise a child. Yes, preach. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it was a time, especially when I was growing up, man. You know, and I, I won't be afraid to let everybody know, man. I'm a '77 baby. You know what I mean? So growing up, it was that situation where you talk about that community. If y'all mothers are my next door neighbor, mm-hmm. right? The next two doors neighbors, they, y'all y'all mom and dad know my mom and dad. So mm-hmm. my mom and dad are going out of town and I'm at the house. Now I got an additional four eyes that are watching me. Preach. Right? Yeah. So then if I'm out here cutting up in the streets, 
I'm going to get cut up in the streets. Yes. Right? By any, <laughs> everybody. Yes. Sir. Yes. And by the time my parents get back, I ain't really got a lot of behind left to beat them. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> everybody, else, everybody else in the community, they done did what they needed to do, man. Right? You yes. know what I mean? And so yes. now, but we don't have that no more. So when yeah. you talk about that community that you were that you were speaking of, your former neighbors, of course, you got somebody in there, what the younger generation would like to call the OG. That mm-hmm. one OG step out there, and when they talk, every, the music shut down. Yes. Turn off. It's everybody that, listen. When somebody talk, hey, we all listen. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, it's basically, man, our community has to get stronger, and we have to be able to help raise up and uplift up each other, man. But we just got certain factors that is just stopping that from happening. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I believe, uh, and I think we may all agree here, I believe that's intentional. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. And we don't recognize that. We see a lot of these, uh, and I hate to pick on this group because I'm a, I'm a hip-hop baby. I grew mm-hmm. up in the hip-hop era, mm-hmm. but it has been leveraged as a tool against us. That's yep. one way. And, and just everything, I, I say it on here all the time also, we are the movers and shakers of popular culture, but we don't monetize any of it. Everybody yeah. else gives us the platform. They yeah. monetize on us. So that means the message that's being sent out there, it doesn't matter what it is as long as somebody's making money off of it. But what sells the most is the negative. That's right. So we see the negative. We try to emulate the negative. And, and that is why, to your point, because there was a time in growing up, I'm a 79 baby. Mm-hmm. There was a time growing up where if you did something to an old woman or to some kids or to a woman in general, it was a problem for you. Around, around, all around the board. Yeah. All around. You can't go nowhere without escaping that. That now is over your head everywhere. You, oh, that's dude that beat up old girl. That's true. He got to get dealt with all the time. And that's just what it was. Now you got people who are just randomly shooting to a crowd of people, regardless of who's in their babies. Right. women, right. uh, uh, our elders, it doesn't matter. And that has changed as a result of the the um, uplifting. And I, I blame I blame uh, networks like BET, which was bought by Viacom. Mm-hmm. But I blame them because back when Teen Summit and shows like that were on there, you didn't have BET Uncuts and, and the videos now being represented. So it's it's clearly, in my estimation, it's clearly a tool of an evolutionary tool that was used to continue to keep us in the same position we were two, three hundred years ago. It just can't be called slavery anymore. Now we call it entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what do I say about entertainment all the time? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> if, if, um, give them give them uh, the games. Yeah. So what I say, bread and bread and ah shit whatever i I, i'll i'll get it yeah (laughs) i'll get it and i'll say it but i can't think of what it is right now yeah Um, something in the games yeah and and if it's bread so you you keep my belly full and you keep me entertained you can control me basically is what it means yeah i can't i can't uh give give them bread and and water and they'll they won't i don't know whatever we'll find it and we'll find it and we'll we'll say it (laughs) so um, but yeah, I mean, and, and obviously listen to both of y'all talk. I am a big person, a big, um, uh, voting guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I, I argue with Joe sometimes. It's not an argument, mm. but I ha- I usually discuss discuss always. I'm like passionately. He, he talks about leveraging through knowing the people in your community, and then I talk about leveraging through voting with people in your community, right? So mm. if I know you in the community, I vote with you in the community. If I know you good and I put you in this spot and I know you can do good, then you're going to not only leverage me, you're not only going to leverage the community, but you're going to leverage a whole section of the city that you're in. So which can leverage the whole, you know, the whole, whole, and I'm using the city, for example, it'll leverage the whole city, right? Yeah. For example, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use Nashville for an example. I'm going to use Antioch as an example. So for a long time, and it still happens from time to time, but if a crime goes down and it, it's even remotely close to Antioch, Tennessee, <laughs> the news will yeah. say a shooting or whatever or whatever occurred in Antioch, Tennessee. That, uh-huh. So people from Antioch got fed up with it, and they literally went to the, the network, the, the, the news network, and said, hey, look, none of this stuff is happening in Antioch, and if you keep saying this, we're going to have a problem. We're going to we're going to go to the mayor. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. And what happened when they, when the community came together? They quit saying Antioch. They would say Nashville. whatever happened in South Nashville. Mm-hmm. So that right there just shows you the leverage that you have, and of that course. you can and that you can can have if you exercise your rights. Yeah. That's all yep. I'm saying, and that, and that's yep. what I that's all that I try to to push. Yep. And that's why you and I have never gotten to a argument about it because I don't disagree. I think that there are so many levels that we have to work on to improve our position from where we are currently. That's one of them. There are people that have to do that. You know what I mean? So, so I think that again, anybody listening, I know I've said it, I'm gonna say it again. Never, ever, ever will I tell somebody not to participate. Yeah. What and, I and will me, tell you. Oh, no, my, my bad. I thought you was done. Keep going. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I was going to say what I will tell you is to be informed. Yes. No, not just know what you're doing. Know the people who you're doing it for. That's all I'll say to that. Exactly. I remember the quote, give them bread and circuses and they will not revolt. That's there it is. Quote. There it is. Circuses. Give them bread yes. and circuses and they will not revolt. Distractions. Yes. Yep. So. Yep. Give them the distractions and keep them keep them full. Give them some distractions. <laughs> They'll never have anything to say. Exactly. Yes. So, I mean, and all that is kind of it kind of segues into kind of what, what what we want to discuss today. Right. Again. Yeah. Black History Month. It's Black History Month every month for, for me anyway. Um, Likewise. But, but more focused this month. Right. Because now everybody's focused on the even companies are trying to do. You know, things to honor, <laughs> which I, was, I got an email from Target and it was like, we're highlighting these black brands at Target, whatever, yes. which is great, yeah. right? But anyway, yeah. revolutions, right? Yes. Um, I, I want you to tell me, you, now you sent this to me this week and you was like, you know, I think we should talk about revolutions. And I had to think about it. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is he, where is he going to go with this? What is he trying to do with this? Yeah. So, you know, me. I'm a research guy, so I was like, screw yeah. it. I'm going to do some research on revolutions. I'm going to say what I got to say about it, but I'm going to let you tell the world where you where you was coming from when you when you came up with this here. So so uh, we did an episode, and we talked about 
Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham prison, right? Yes. Letter from the Birmingham jail. Jail. I said prison. Yes. Jail. jail. Yes. Yes. And I told you that episode right after I listened to Malcolm's Ballad of the Bullet. Yes. And since then, I had been listening to several different speeches that Malcolm had given. And there was one in particular where he said, if you knew what a revolution actually was, I'm pretty sure he didn't say it this nicely, but he, he basically said you would no longer say you were down for the revolution. And he started giving, explaining what a revolution was. He's, revolutions are, they're dirty, they're, they're bloody, people die, you got to get active. It's not just about diplomacy, that's a part of it. But this is the, the grassroots guerrilla effort that goes along with it. Every one of these, and, and, and this isn't specific to what we're going to talk about today, but he made the point, every revolution that you saw before, for the most part, not all, and I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with the with the term sumbanal. Have you ever, you ever heard? No. Tell me some. Okay. Okay. And I operate under some, but not all. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I operate under that principle, meaning I hate that I have to, but I will if I got to preface and say not all. But in this case, what 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 uh, Malcolm was saying was the majority of revolutions that took place had something to do with land or something to do with freedoms and people trying to gain their freedoms. And generally being free means you have somewhere to go. Yeah. So that's the point he was making there. So when I thought about it, I was like, I don't think we talk about what a revolution is enough in our communities. Everybody talks about the revolution will be televised or will not be, will televised, not be televised or what? <laughs> yeah, whichever direction you want to go. But what is a revolution? What does it actually mean for us? What does it look like? How do you achieve this revolution? Because another way to define revolution is going around. So a tire spinning, it's called a revolution. Yep. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So it, it's like this consistent thing that never stops revolution it's always going around but when i thought about for us what does that mean can i can i and give then, the definition please do i got it here too but go ahead no no go I'm ahead i want give no, me your no tell me tell me sir no no you do that because i got the etymology of it right here so okay. i i want to talk about where it came from you talk about what it actually means today all right so a revolution in the dictionary what it says number one in the dictionary Mm -hmm. A forcible overthrow of a government or social order, keyword mm -hmm. social, social order, in favor right. of a new system. Number one. Number one. Number two, an instance of revolving. <laughs> which so, is what I was referring to. Which is what you were saying, yes. Yep. And that's all I got. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so etymology, anytime you hear the word etymology, it just basically talks about the origins of something, specifically in, in when we're talking about the language that we speak. You can talk to where a word came from. So I'm reading this one. The word revolution, and it's spelled in here revolution because it's a French word. French word. So the word revolution is known in French from the 13th century and revolution in English by the late 14th century with regard to the revolving motion of celestial bodies. Revolution, in the sense of representing abrupt change in a social order, is attested by at least 1450. Political usage of the term had been well established by 1688 
in the description of the replacement of James II and William III, this incident was termed the Glorious Revolution. So now they're giving the origins and why we use this and being able to connect it back. As I was looking this up, because I'm like you, I wanted to kind of go back and do some research. First thing I wanted to look at was what are the more famous or notable, notorious revolutions that took place in world history that people actually talk about? You got the U.S., the American Revolution. You got the French Revolution, Spanish-American Wars of Independence, the European Revolutions of 1848. Russian Revolution of 1917, Chinese Revolution of 1940s, the Cuban Revolution, Iranian Revolution, and the European Revolutions. And that was as recent as 1989. So that's the Berlin Wall coming down. Yeah. The one thing, and, and I don't want to, I hate to start here, but this the, the thing I could not shift my eyes away from Every single one of these revolutions was connected to one group, which is unfortunate. Well, it's generally how it is. Somebody's pulling the strings somewhere, right? Yeah, but I thought it was weird that it was the same group. Oh, okay. Enlighten me. I am genuinely interested right now. <laughs> it was all ways with our European brothers. Europe is a country, continent, excuse me. Europe is a continent with several countries inside of it. But there was somebody from each one of these revolutions that resided somewhere on one of these European, in one of these European countries on the continent of Europe. That was, that was so telling to me because as we've talked about, everything that has happened to any race of people, any group of people, it seems like it's happened at the hands of the same group. Now, the American Revolution, let's start there. And I'm not going to go through each one of these for time's sake, but, and Todd, we talked about this, so I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with why the American Revolution started. But this is actually when the uh, Star Spangled Banner was written, for most mm -hmm. people that don't know. By Francis Scott Key, because if you know anything about the British Army, they were the world power for the yep. most part in terms of their military force. They were. So when Francis Scott Key was allowed to board this British ship on the water as a as a diplomat, basically, he said when he saw when the war went down. And it wasn't really a war because it was a bunch of ships bombing on the on the land. And he saw those people in America still trying to just hang on to some semblance of their freedom, of their rights. It moved him to write the national anthem. That's what prompted all of this. And I thought I was like, wow, that's basically like the Civil War. You got the North versus South. It's basically like the Capitol riots. You got the, the Democrats versus Republicans. It's seemingly always our European brothers that are somehow connected to the disorder and the chaos that goes on. Doesn't mean all. I have to say that as a disclaimer. It doesn't mean all. But I found it interesting that they were connected to each one of these revolutions throughout the history of the world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. 
it shows you what they have in their DNA. It's scary. It, <laughs> it's scary to think it that way, but the way you're saying it, Rico, it that's so true. And it sucks because black men specifically have been quote unquote predisposed to criminality from birth for as long as I've been on this planet in the eyes of the rest of the world for the most part. And I'm like, that's not the case. There's these things stacked against us. What's your excuse? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like I talked, we, and we've talked about this many times because what do we say? I mean, our European countries, not a very large piece of land, the very scarce, you know, commodities and things are scarce there so the resources had, yeah, yeah. They never had they had to do what they had to do right like they yep. had to go out and yep and, and or die or die right so yes it makes sense but yeah, that that was primarily what my thought process was when i started thinking malcolm motivated me then i went and looked and then it was this thing i could not it's like a, a train wreck. I could not take my eyes off it. I kept coming back to like, oh my God, everybody has dealt with this same foe. And here in 2021, we're dealing with the same foe that we were dealing with from back in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. Same foe. And I don't understand why, except for the fact that, and I say this all the time, there's never been a controlling power that has said, you know what? We're tripping. We need to be nice to the people we control. Let's even the playing field. Let's take half of our power, half of our resources, wealth, knowledge, and just freely give it to everybody else so we're all on the same battle, on the same playing field. That's never happened. And I'm looking at where we are today, and I'm listening to Dr. Francis Cress Welsing talk about genetic annihilation and the potential for a, a, a recessive gene if we continue to intermingle with this group, what happens to that group? And if I'm a part of that group, what do I do to stay on this planet? If I want my kids to look like my grandkids, what am I willing to do? And since I can't answer that, it goes back to episode, I think it's like six or seven, but that racial anxiety, like, I don't know what you're willing to do to me because I don't look like you. Exactly. And when we start talking about a revolution, I think about nothing new under the sun. Everything comes back around. So I'm like, man, the word revolution in itself compared to revolutions in terms of wars that have been fought, it's going to keep on happening. Mm -hmm. And why is it going to keep on happening? And who's going to be at the forefront of that fight? Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, this makes me think. So I don't know if y'all have heard of the group run the jewels. Um, yes. So I'm yes. Killer Mike and yes. LP. I'm a fan. So mm-hmm. I know in one of the songs, LP is, I think the song is called uh, walking in the snow. Um, but LP says, you know, the funny thing about a cage is that it's not built for just one group. And once they're done doing what they're doing with them, they'll come for you. Yes. So, and, and I'm like, this is, I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's right here. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yeah. Reach. yeah, and this is a white yeah. dude who said this, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> LP is a white dude. Yep. So it's crazy, and, and that's gr- that's great. That because I mean, again, when I look at this, again, you got the French Revolution. That's France. Spanish Revolution, Spain. European Revolution. That's the continent itself. Um, the Russian Revolution. Chinese, Cuban, Iranian, 
those are all different cultures. So it's not like black people are the only people who've ever been done wrong. So let's let's establish that first. And mm-hmm. and if if the world had it its way, if the well, let me say this a different way. If the controlling party had it its way, when I say party, I mean the folks that have the money to make the world move. If yeah. they had it their way, we might not be here. But guess what? If they took every black person off of the planet, who's next? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to be next because you cannot come in here and take the power away from us. I worked too hard, fought too long to ensure that my family was secure. You're not going to take this away from me. So black folks, that's one of the things I'll say. Don't think that we're exclusive to the horrible treatment. We just happen to be at the top because we may be the biggest threat. Yeah. But if we were gone, don't think that our Asian brothers or our Hispanic brothers or, or whatever isn't next on the agenda. Yep. So but but so the question comes in, why are we the biggest threat? It's because we gave them the game. Yep. Right. We, we gave them the game. So now when you talk about competition, right? Um, yeah, I'm going to give if I give you all the tools in the toolbox, there is no need for you to have both of us on your roster anymore. Preach. Right? You know what I mean? So let me Preach. go ahead and cut the ones that gave me all the rules to the game and everything. Let me get rid of that one. So then now all the power, it comes directly to me and I yes. make all the decisions. Yes. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's sad, man, because, you know, by me being with my my government organization that I'm currently with, you know, we've done we've seen. So I've seen some things, especially in my position that I'm in right now with people that raise their right hand to serve this country. Right. But on January the 6th, they forgot that they raised their right hand to raise to serve this country. Mm. There, right? Preach. But then Preach. on January the seventh, I'm now taking this oath to defend this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And domestic. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, That's wait, a minute. you know, you got your flag on January the sixth, saying "Don't tread on me," but then on January the seventh, right? You <laughs> see the Come on, man. Yeah. That's Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is cognitive dissonance at its finest, right there. Nobody sees anything wrong with that. That's that's the nobody, and that's the and exactly that's what I deal with every day because you know our leadership looks like us, completely like us. But remember, there's a saying: all our skin folk ain't our kin folk. Preach, yeah. Mm-hmm. Preach, yes, Preach. Very true. I, I feel like I learned that pretty early. I hate to say it, but you use, even if we're just using current events, what's that girl's name? Candace Owens. Candace Owens, oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. Like, yeah. Man. I just wonder, you know, I'm like, and I get it. You don't, her whole thing is, you know, we've been led by the man. The man is the Democrats, but I'm like, what is, who hurt you? <laughs> I guess that's what yeah. I want to ask. Who hurt you? Yeah. Something happened yeah. that that settled your mind on this belief. Yeah. And and that's, again, to my point about voting, something happened that settled my mind on the fact that Democrats were always for me. Yeah. It didn't matter what a Republican, what they stood on, principles, none of that mattered. My mom, my grandma, 
had me under the impression and, and maybe somebody had them under the same impression mm-hmm. that if you vote Republican and you're black, you're a sellout. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I've, and, I've never been that way. I've always, I'm, I've, and I'm not even, I'm not a Republican, nor am I a Democrat. I mean, I guess I align more with Democratic issues than Republican, but I think of myself more than it's closely, maybe an independent, an independent with heavy, heavy Democratic, <laughs> you know, leaning tendencies, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm not afraid if, if, if I see somebody on the other side of the aisle and they're doing good and I, and I know that they're going to do good for the, for who, whatever, I'm not afraid to step across the aisle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, us as just people in general, not black people, or white people, but just people in general, yes. um, we're used to something for so long that if we go outside of that box, it feels so wrong and you don't want yes. to do it. Or yes. there's somebody, you know, you don't want to disappoint somebody, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it, I don't know. There's a lot of different, I think there's a lot of psychological things behind it that we don't even think about. It, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's and I'm sorry, Joe, to cut you off, man, but it, it's basically thinking outside the box. Yeah. So I, I heard I heard this guy tell me tell a story, man, one time before he said that. So he grew up in uh in uh, Oakland, California, right? So did his so did his father and so did his grandfather. So every year for Thanksgiving, they would take a ham and they would cut it a certain type of way, right? <laughs> yeah. So as he got older, he asked his dad one year. He said, "Dad, he said." Uh, why, like, ever since I've been a little boy, I've noticed that you cut this ham this particular way. His dad said, because my dad did the same thing and his dad did the same thing. So it was basically everybody was scared to think outside the box. You cutting yes. it all this certain type of way. You can't be afraid to think outside the box, right? Yes. Be worried about what how somebody else feels. My whole thing about the Republican, and I am a card-carrying Democrat, right? But also at the same time, we have got to hold those that we put in office accountable, right? We've got to, because the thing that kills me about Democrats and Republicans, if you know that the person that you voted for, they're doing wrong, why are you afraid to call them out? Yeah. See, you're going alone because you're thinking about your own certain agenda when yes. that person is gone. Yes. Case in point, look at Lindsey Graham. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, let me throw my disclaimer out because people who listen to us, we're not a political podcast, but sometimes hey, sorry, we go there. Um, and, and and nothing wrong. I mean, you're fine, but I always, yeah. if we start talking about it, I, every episode, I always throw out the disclaimer. We're not a political podcast. Yeah. We promise. We just, <laughs> this, it just, it just ended up here. <laughs> yeah. Because it's relevant. It's, yeah, relevant. it's relevant to, to today. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and I like what, Rigo, I like what you're saying right there because I think it's important for people to understand that. Holding somebody accountable isn't always stepping to a microphone and calling them out in front of the world. No. It's like, hey, listen, and, and I'll, I'll be I'll be the one who goes out on the ledge and says this. I think about our current president and our our current first history breaking lady. Mm-hmm. Both of their histories in terms of dealing with black folks, black men specifically, is checkered. There. Nobody wants to say anything about that. We want to be like, oh, well, we got to hold out hope that people can change and all that. That's cool. That's fine. But when you try to bury this, what you do is the people that are saying something about it, now you're putting a, a definitive line or right. a gap in between y'all. Yes, 
sir. So there's yeah. no way you can get on the same page with me if I'm saying, but wait a minute, didn't didn't uh, Madam President Harris or Man, Madam Vice President Harris uh, uh, put a bunch of people in jail for minimal crimes and extend their sentences on a consistent basis? Isn't this the track record? Didn't uh, President of the U.S. write the 94 crime bill and get it passed through Congress and effected to where hundreds of thousands of black families are now impacted and we don't we can't even begin to quantify mm-hmm. what that hap- what that effect has been over the years we can't begin to but nobody wants to say that we just want to say oh we wanted trump out so bad that these people are good he was bad and my my point has always been it's not about the person who's good or bad we have to look at Anybody who's gone to school for political science and has intended to follow a career path of politics, they're doing it because it's a job mm-hmm. that pays very well. Very That's well. first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Let us not forget I get paid for this. Mm-hmm. So this is not philanthropic work where I'm just doing it pro bono because I love the world or I love this group or I love my cause. That's not the case. The case is I'm doing this job first because I get paid. Now, the way I was raised, my situation, circumstances, everything that I've seen, learned over my years shapes the direction I may go as an adult. But my entire life has been told, go to college to get a good job. I chose this job a lot of times because my granddaddy did it. My daddy did it. My mama did it. My uncle did it. Somebody else chased the same career path. I see how they're living. I'm going to continue on that line. That's where we have to start. That's why I say it's so important to know who it is that you're voting for on either side, understanding what they're talking about, because realistically, how many people are on a ballot? I can't even tell you right now, but I'd be willing to bet that it's not too many that you can't know a little bit about each one of them on each side. Yes, sir. Yep. That is true. You have unpacked a lot, sir. Sir, hey, man, I'm learning today, man. I appreciate (laughs) y'all. You have unpacked a lot, sir. So I'm gonna throw this in because I mean this is this is uh, my 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 two cents. This this is my Black history, I guess. Or I I guess it's a question. Maybe it's a question. I, I don't know. Okay. When we talk about revolutions mm-hmm. in across the world, I know we said that that Europeans are usually somehow centered in them. But when we talk about revolutions across the world, are people who look like us not also dead in the center and in sometimes even leading the way? I'll say, again, some banal, I have to preface because people will hold it against me. Some banal, yes. And I would be willing to bet that let's say 90, 10% split on us being the ones causing the revolution because of the treatment, 10% because we know for a fact there have been times where it was just, hey, I want to be in control. Yeah. And absolute. I'm sorry. And I say this, not only have we been, you know, part of revolution or part of revolutions that have changed you know, worlds and laws and things like that. 
for example, we use the um, the largest slave revolt in in the United States that was ne- the story that was never told. Right, it happened in Louisiana, and you know those African people led by two African brothers from the continent of Africa who were warriors in their village, who was like, I ain't doing none of this stuff they talking about. We gonna take over, right? Yeah. They led this attack. They did not win. But they inspired a group of 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 black people to come, uh, you know, in ages to come to, to you know, just the story. It gave yes. them this hope, right? Yes. And it gave them this energy to keep on going in this fight, right? So, but I say all that to say, even in these revolutions, we have to watch our people. Because I and I said this, I think last week, all skin folk ain't kin folk. But I was talking about one guy who he snitched a bunch of them out, but most of them was like, nah, we ain't telling on each other. Um, from, from the little information that we give or, or what we think may be minute or nothing, it can cause major ripple effects, right? Like yes. that can change a law to where, okay, now you can't be outside past six o'clock, which that was, that was a law that they had, you know, after mm-hmm. this, rep- they didn't want people congregating together. Like, but it was only for one group. So that's what I'm saying. Like when we talk about, you know, when they're done with one, they, they may move on to the other. You just need to be vigilant in, mm-hmm. in what's going on and, and, and yes. pay attention to what's going on out here in this world and what's going on around you. And that's why it's important for you to be engaged in your communities. You know, mm-hmm. you need to know what's going on. I know you saw oh, that on somebody else is worrying about that. Uh uh-uh. uh. You need to worry about it. That's all I'm saying. And I say that just because, you know, to round us out, revolutions a lot of times begin and end with us. And 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 even right now, I think we are in some type of revolution may not be like super extreme, but we are. It's like a brand new awakening that that is that is happening for our people. Right. We're starting to reconnect with our ancestors and starting to go back to African principles. We, we see this in, in, in ownership, how now, you know, you see a lot of people, let's just use entertainment. People aren't signing with labels They're making their own stuff. They're making their own money. Like I don't need, I don't need them anymore. I can do this on my own. So yep. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Yeah. That's, no, you're right. That, that yeah. we're, we're, This is a silent revolution essentially, right? Cause we are starting to take back what is ours yeah. and make our own economies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's and, true. Uh, another one, another one with that is the Haitian Revolution that sent a whole lot of European folks here to America. Yeah. Well, and because of that Haitian Revolution, the revolution, the that that battle, the the largest slave revolution in America, or the slave you know battle for revolution, right, happened in Louisiana because of the Haitian Revolution, because they yes. heard. That from you know those yep. those other slave enslaved Africans from that country, like hey, this happened here, and you can do it yep. there too. Yes, yes, and that's why again I say it's so important because think about think about even Juneteenth. The reason that information traveled so slowly is because we were depending on the same source to let us go to let us know that we were free. Yep. In 2021, with all the means of communication, if we were connected at the hip like we were supposed to be, nobody could pull the wool over on our eyes. Nobody could. There, there's, there would be no such thing. There could be no such thing or a repeat event like Juneteenth. 
If they were to say reparations are going to be paid, every black person on the planet would know within the matter of minutes yeah. because yep. we have that availability to communicate. What makes that more important is if there's a connection to the person you're communicating it to. So when people throw stuff out randomly on social media, to me, that's kind of that kind of sucks because I'm like, you're not connected to the people. You're doing this to get followers because we've realized we can monetize our social media presences. We understand that, but we're not leveraging the tool to provide this positive and I don't want to say positive because positive people think cheesy, but we don't want to share relevant information for our not just survival, but for our ability to thrive. Because I'm 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 done with surviving. That's yeah. not going to be anything my family deals with. We are going to thrive or we're gonna leave here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. And no, and that's very do you have <clears throat> some Rico there or no, I don't, man. I okay. don't I just Again, man, I'm just thankful that y'all will let me come on today, man, and just learn and listen, man, and just add my little one and a half cent to the table. And that's all good. <laughs> so we are getting to the to the to the if everybody knows us, we're getting to the time, right? We're, yeah, we're it's that the, time. We're at the end. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and uh, give out our final thoughts. Uh, Mr. Rico, we will. No, no. Let's. I want to give Mr. Rico the opportunity as our as our special guest. Any final thoughts you have? um, Not necessarily just on the topic today, but just anything about uh, the the improvement, the evolution of black men, black people, the world in general. Yeah. Feel free to go ahead and share that now. Or if you have homework, because we usually give out homework too. Or I at least I give out homework. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this, man, uh, as a, you know, I've listened to y'all before. And so, gentlemen, I just want to say thank y'all for what y'all do. Right. Because num- number one, you know, we we are so black. We are so black. Lord have mercy. We Especially are. <laughs> we, we, we are. Right. <laughs> uh, black History Month, man. The thing that we always talk about is ownership. Right. And so what y'all are doing, it's a beautiful thing, man, because it's black owned. Right. And also the knowledge that y'all are kicking out. Right. It, it just it means a lot. So people really need to listen and understand what's going on and what's being said. So as far as today, man, again, I just want to say thank you for y'all inviting me on. And uh, as for my own homework, Todd will tell you, Joe, man, that, you know, I'm looking at trying to start up my own podcast. So just bringing me on today. I'm learning from I'm learning from y'all, man, just to see how things need to go. And I'm going to make this promise to y'all and everybody that's listening is going to hear this episode. When my podcast goes up, y'all two are going to be my first two guests on that. I promise you that. Because the way how black men can learn from each other, we got to learn and we also got to turn around, man, and return the faith. That's the only It goes back to that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So, so, yeah, so that's my homework, man. And I appreciate y'all, man, for real. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind words. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, Todd, you you know, Todd, what Rico just said, uh, I I keep I keep hearing it. I didn't say it the first time. I got to say it this time, though. That whole it takes a village or it takes a community. First thing I think of is what I'm going to give you two guesses. I don't know. It's our our favorite word. Ubuntu. My dog. There it is. (laughs) So so so. My final thought is based off of that concept right there. Again, 
it's funny when Todd said the word, talked about the book, I laughed, Ubuntu. Uh, I am because you are. When he brought that to me, I was like, man, it's crazy because I had a class in college called uh, Ujima and Ubuntu, of course, being one of the days of Kwanzaa. I, I, I'd heard it, but it never resonated with me until we really dive, dove into it on this show. And then my wife and I used it when we did our last marriage retreat. And, and everybody that heard it, it was like, wow, yeah, that's so true. So when you think about the life that you're living, don't think about it as your life alone. You're living for everybody else that looks like you. And that's a big responsibility but it's yours nonetheless. It's mine nonetheless. So everything that I do, say, whatever I'm a part of, it's not about what Joel can get from it, but it's about what Joel can give back to these other folks. So change your mind from thinking, I'm on this earth to get as much as I can and switch it to, I'm on this earth to give as much as I can. My goal when I leave here, my hope is my tombstone, whether it's on there or not, whether it's on the eulogy or people that know me say it. <laughs> I had to give them. That was a message right there. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I'll just say this and shut up. I want people to know me as the guy who tried to give more to the earth than he took during his time on it. Yes, sir. And I just, I challenge everybody else. Maybe that's not your, your full perspective for the rest of your life. That's fine. But at least try to give back a little bit more than what you're taking. There you go. Uh, and I'll, I'm I'm literally like the teacher here. I'm giving out homework because that's what I do. Um, yep. So, and I know I've talked about this before, but I want to say it again. Like if, you know, obviously it's like history month, but if you get a chance, if you can Google search American Uprising and find the, it's a book called American Uprising. It's the untold story of America's largest slave revolution. Or, or slave revolt. I mean, I, it, it became a revolution, right? Um, and just read the story of how two brothers from Africa were like, we're done taking this. And not only that, they recruited a, a mulatto man whose whose father was actually <laughs> uh, one of the, the slave owners, right? Mm-hmm. And turned him against the father to help lead a revolution right so all our skin all skin folk and kin folk but we can also help each other so you there, there's a lot of different things you can take away from this book how how you know a group of people who who didn't know each other came together and were able to help each other and ha- and able to help further people yes now they i love it i mean obviously they died in the end but their 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 spirits and their names will live on forever so preach that is my homework because i give you homework all the time especially in this month so Whew. all right so you have heard the church announcements um govern yourself accordingly to those <laughs> announcements and uh since nobody has anything else to say we gonna be out we out peace <laughs>